everyone. Welcome to Pivot and Thrive. It is Wednesday, March 10th, 2021, and I am very lucky today to be able to interview two people, wonderful friends of mine and a couple, John Beethan and Stephanie Murphy. John Beethan is the president and producer of Imagine Podcasting in Carlsbad, California, and we work together on a podcast called Alternative Health Tools. And Stephanie Murphy is an art therapist and art therapy supervisor in Mesa Vista Wellness in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for Thank having you. us. So, John, I'll go ahead and start with you. Tell me about yourself and uh, what you have been up to for the last couple of decades here. A couple of decades? Yeah, tell really? us your track so we know how you got to be right. president and producer of Imagine Podcasting. What's your background? Okay, I'm going to do a short version of the long story. Okay. So, born and raised in Portland, Oregon, right? And uh, as a kid, used to do a lot of hiking and fishing and stuff with my father. He was a photographer and we used to take out go out on weekends and he'd like have a theme like this weekend we're going to be doing lighthouses on the oregon coast so we'd spend weekends going up and down the oregon coast and then maybe another weekend um, we do lakes lakes up in uh, eastern oregon maybe so that was great i really enjoyed uh, all of that at the age of 12 living in northeast portland my grandfather died and had a farm out in Aloha, Oregon, and he had filberts and raced greyhounds. So it was decided to move to the farmhouse and uh, moved to the farmhouse. And the next day I was learning to drive a tractor. So anyway, that was fun. And then uh, I was studying music at Portland State University. You know, I had actually started playing bass guitar for a rock and roll band at the age of 14 and then uh, learned uh, studied classical guitar and harpsichord and other things at Portland State University, and then met somebody that really changed the direction of my life, and I ended up on Orcas Island off the coast of Seattle for seven years, studying metaphysics, world religion, and nutrition. And I left there in 1985 and ended up uh, moving to Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I lived most of my adult life. And uh, it's a longer part of the story, but I'll just say I was an outside IT consultant for Coca-Cola. and But I had a real passion for music, of course. And so I started managing artists and specifically women singer-songwriters. I met Chris Calloway, Cab Calloway's daughter. And uh, Steph and I both actually spent about three years, um, three years together with Chris doing some little tours with her and things. But around that time, I discovered podcasting, actually in 2004. In 2005, I started. To, I was inspired to start a podcast from a guy named Jeffrey Milburn, who um, actually had met Andy Warhol at a New Year's Eve party in New York City, and they started working together. And then Andy went in for kind of an exploratory surgery and ended up dying, leaving Jeffrey stranded. Wow. And it was such a fabulous story. It inspired me to tell it. So that's when I really started podcasting. <laughs> and I produced a, the Yapaya Zen Center's Dharma podcast and uh, and uh, just been, you know, helping people produce podcasts for a really long time. And then uh, in July of 2020, started Imagine Podcasting and been putting together a team, which is Kim is a very important part of the team. And... Uh, 
kind of the rest is history. So we're just building the business, and uh, Steph and I have been separated by COVID, and she'll probably tell the long story about how we were separated by for 11 years, actually, not by COVID, but essentially by me screwing things up when we were living together <laughs> in Santa Fe. <laughs> Can't wait to hear that story, right, <laughs> Me too. Thanks, too, Liz, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, pivot and thrive. Boy, there's been a lot of pivoting and a lot of thriving lately. Yeah. So, anyway, here we are. I'm in Carlsbad, uh, California, and uh, Stephanie's in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and that's my story, and I'm pretty much sticking to it. I think you should, but you have been pivoting a lot, which is really cool. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's all leading down one lane basically to build this company which is really cool yeah i'm very excited about it and really happy to have you on board oh me she's too. our co-producer and co-host for alternative health tools and uh yeah if you want to get on the show you got to go through her that's right <laughs> yeah no, i'm really thrilled to be part of it so thank you john well let yep. me talk to stephanie now stephanie murphy All so right. tell me about your background stephanie what's your story well uh born and raised in detroit and moved out west in the late 70s. I uh, spent 19 years in Phoenix. Um, I went to nursing school, became a nurse, just because I wanted a J-O-B that would pay me something. Um, I have an <laughs> art background. <laughs> I have an art background, you know, and uh, you, you don't make any money having a BA in fine arts. So I went to nursing school and discovered something about myself that I had never known, that I had a depth and a compassion to my heart and soul that I never had an opportunity to learn growing up in a crazy family. Um, (laughs) And uh, when I was 19, I had this flash. I think it would be a great idea to combine psychology and art. And, of course, in uh, the late 70s in Detroit, people said, Oh, there is no such thing. And so I said, Oh, okay. Well, that I give that up. Um, <laughs> I had a great 20 year uh, nursing career as an oncology nurse, both in uh, Phoenix and in Santa Fe. Um, at the end of 2005, I had a closed head injury that really um, created a, I, I would say, um, <laughs> total meltdown. And I mm-hmm. just couldn't, I couldn't work anymore. Um, John and I were um, living together at that time. We actually had 10 fabulous years together. And um, he saw me through that whole recovery process. Um, For me, the interesting part about recovering from my head injury was moving me into addiction recovery and recovering from the dysfunction of my family, alcoholism, um, uh, (sighs) generational, and when I began that, I realized that um, there were some things in our relationship that were 
going to be really difficult to heal if we stayed together. And so I I think was the end of 08. And I asked that we separate and go do our separate ways and do our work. And um, I was real clear about the work I had to do. I was not real sure if John was clear about the work he had to do. And we really went our separate ways for 11 years. And uh, two years ago, we kind of connected over the phone, and he said, well, what are you doing now? And I said, well, you know, after my head injury recovery, when it was time to be out in the world again, uh, I went to graduate school again and became an art therapist. Um, I am now an independently licensed therapist and a board-certified art therapist. So it took me 40 years, but that, that, that dream of combining psychology and art, it really came to pass. And uh, when I did that, and John and I were talking, and he said, well, what are you doing? I said, oh, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm certified in Santre. We were talking about that. I said, oh, yeah, and the other supervisor and I, we teach Brene Brown's Daring Way. And John said, oh, Brene Brown? I love Brene Brown. And I thought, who are you? You really have done your work. <laughs> so that really um, opened up the channels again for us. And uh, we came back together. We saw each other for a brief visit in December of 19. And I came back to New Mexico. And then COVID hit. And so here we have been trying to renegotiate um, our relationship. But I got, you know, I have to tell you something. We probably are so committed and so focused to recreating in a whole new way the fabulous relationship that we had before that we start every day together on the phone. We end every day together on the phone. We have Zoom dates and, you know, crazy things like that. And, um, I have, I have had people say to me, you know, I think you and your partner talk more than my husband and I, and we live under the same roof. So, <laughs> so whatever we're doing to get through COVID, it's, it's really working, but it's getting hard. It's, you know, it's been a year, 15 months since we've seen each other. And now it's, it's, we're hitting the wall. <laughs> so vaccines, here we come, you know? Yeah, it has been a long haul. And a lot of people, I mean, for most people, a long distance relationship is challenging as it is. But then you throw in this where you can't even get together for little quick weekends. And that's really right. tough. Right, but you guys have committed yourselves to really staying connected, and I and you do games on Zoom. I played Uno yeah. with you guys. I think right. I won, if memory serves me yeah. correctly. I think you did. <laughs> we we let you win, <laughs> actually. You win, I beat you guys. But uh, you guys, you guys really seem like you have a really good time together, working through it the way that you are working through it. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a there's a model 
you know, I, I probably talked to you before about relationship by design with Lon and Sandy Golnick mm-hmm. and and Paul and Carol. So we both have been because it's important to to know. It's that we've both been through their um, two parts of the path to extraordinary relationship, and the first one is called um, uh, relationship, the real deal, where you understand the. You understand what a relationship is. Most people don't really know what it is. And then the second part is creating it, how you create an extraordinary relationship. So for Steph and I, we got really clear and understand that most of life with another person, another partner, can be somewhat ordinary, right? And that's fine. That's good. That's never going to go away. But it's uh, like there's times when Steph and I are on the phone where it's like, I got nothing. Okay, great. Well, (laughs) We have a, you know, sleep well and um, try to dream of me and I'll do the same. Um, And then there's other times where the phone calls are like two hours long because we and that's when we kind of enter into the conversations that we really, really love. Um, And they can't be planned. I mean, it comes and goes, you know, but with intention and promises and agreements, you know, you you can uh, arrive at something really, really quite extraordinary. And I'll also say, um that at the end of the creating a workshop, one thing they ask you to do is come up with a purpose for your lives together. And the whole idea is to, quite frankly, surrender the I and become a we. And so um, I'll just read it right now, which is uh, what we came up with is, is our purpose is to inspire others through our own authentic, creative, playful, engaging, and curious beauty. That's lovely. So that's kind of what we do. Steph and I, when mm-hmm. we're together, we kind of light up the room. You we know, just we do. play. We just have fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You that's know, I, makes everything I, a lot I, more fun. Absolutely. And, and talking about pivot and thrive, uh, learning what the difference is between an ordinary relationship and an extraordinary relationship um, has been. Uh, immensely helpful for me to have a clearer vision about what I want to create in our relationship the second time around. What I think we both learned uh, doing relationship by design work was that we were kind of on autopilot, um, kind of just going through life accepting whatever comes along and um and not not really conscious I, i'll speak for my end <laughs> i mean i came from a very dysfunctional family and i was in the soup for most of my life um until i really did my own recovery work and then suddenly i woke up and when i did that John wasn't there anymore. So I went to therapy school. I created my own life. As we have gotten back together, knowing these new things about what is the difference between ordinary and extraordinary in an intimate relationship, um, it really makes both of us very aware and conscious of our choices and and how we speak to each other 
how we speak to ourselves and um plain and also bit. and also other people sure sure it feels like we're playing a bigger game and i and i like what you said john about um moving into a we i i feel that so in it, it, internally and completely like one plus one is not two one plus one for us is three and the we has its own personality and flavor and style um and mission statement (laughs) about being creative and inspiring and having fun I think yeah, one of the. I, I actually w- want to chime. Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to chime in and say that, uh, yes, I mean, it's important to understand that Steph and I did have a really extraordinary 10 years together. I mean, I was, I got into podcasting and S- Steph built a beautiful studio for me upstairs. And in that studio, at, at one time, I was um, producing a show called uh, Death and Dying, a lifelong practice, all about. Death and Dying, and we had a uh, Camilla Dare Norwick. She was hosting it and uh, interviewing people in that uh, in that genre of Death and Dying, and it was like people from all over the world and uh, leaders in the field and things like that. And then we went through a period where Stephanie's mother moved in with us temporarily. <laughs> we thought, and it was only a few weeks later that she went into hospice. So. You know, it was just an incredible experience. And I, yeah. one thing I learned is, and I tell people, never, ever deny yourself the opportunity to be present, to be present for somebody you really care about passing. Because it was like one of the most life-affirming experiences I've ever had. And Stephanie was used to that because she, at the time, was working <laughs> in an oncology unit at the hospital. Yeah. And so she was, you know, she was dealing with it constantly. In fact, there's a... Really lovely video I'd like to resurrect at some point where her and Chris Gamble, a, an associate of hers that were running the center, actually shaved their heads. You want to talk about that, Steph? Because oh, that's like, you want to talk about pivot. <laughs> and thrive. We, um, uh, the volunteers at our hospital in Santa Fe, um, donated, uh, half a million dollars to create a brand new outpatient chemotherapy center. And uh, Chris, my nurse partner, and I were going to dedicate this whole new room. And it was a fabulous room. Every every chair was a recliner chair. Every station had its own little TV with headphones and built-in IV poles. And it was Absolutely a fabulous little unit. Um, and to dedicate our new room, we decided we were going to buzz. And we had all the local news channels and the local radio and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, some of the, um, radiation techs joined us. So we were on the news, we were in the papers, and we buzzed to to dedicate our room. And it was so fun. It was so fun. 
Um, I think every woman should buzz once in her lifetime just to feel the freedom of that. And if you ever want to stop coloring your hair, that is the way to do it. <laughs> you just get rid of it all and then you never go back to Clairol. Sorry, Clairol. <laughs> but it has been, it was actually very freeing. A big, a big pivot. Yeah, yeah. sounds like it. Wow. But that's that's neat that you did that. And I kept that buzz for five years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're so free. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I had the head injury and it was just easy not to deal with anything. So, yeah. But it was about five years, I think. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm big on the not coloring. I think that's, and, and yeah. a lot of people are going that direction anyway. So, uh huh. Uh-huh. You were just ahead of your time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, how did you two meet? We didn't get to that. Nobody, nobody brought that one up. How did you meet in the first place? Was it Chris Calloway or, or how did you? Well, you? I'll start it off. You, no, I'll yeah, start it off by story. saying there. I, well, I'll let you finish it because it'll be hilarious. But, um, the, you know, I lived most of my adult life in Santa Fe, New Mexico, 24 years. And there was a stint for a couple of years where I was doing professional network marketing. And I had started out working with a company called Super Blue Green Algae, which was a fabulous product until the lake got poisoned. Yeah. But at some point, um, I was um, – oh, God, what was the name of the company? I can't remember. Uh, anyway, it was based in it was based in Texas, and they sold long distance. And uh, I was on the downline of a guy named. Uh, am I going to forget that too? Probably. So it's just like leave it in the past, it's right? Forgettable. But anyway, I was I was doing network marketing, building a downline, and um, I had a meeting in. God, I can't remember. It was like uh, like. Thank God it's Friday's place or something like that. And Stephanie and I had got, I had gotten her to a certain level in the organization. Oh, well, wait, wait, wait. I have to jump I, in. I have to jump in because you missed the great part. I was. There's a correction coming. It is. <laughs> so I was out for lunch with my boyfriend of the time, and I was working as Oh, that's a, right. I was I, trying to forget that. <laughs> I know, I know. But see, that's the it's the juicy part. Um, I was working for a home health agency at the time, and this was like before cell phones and all that stuff, and I had a pager. And I was on call, the nurse on call, and we're, my boyfriend and I are out to lunch, and my pager is working, but not working. It's buzzing. It's going off. I'm like hitting buttons, banging it on the table. I can't get it to work. I can't see the phone number I'm supposed to call. And out of the blue, this man walks over to the table. This would be John. And he says, Pardon me, are you having trouble with your pager? Perhaps I can help. I'm like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) That was, that was how I first met him. So 
Then he was telling me about this communications network company, and I was fairly new to Santa Fe, and I didn't know a whole lot of people. I thought, well, this would be a cool way to meet new friends, and uh, so I kind of joined John's downline, and so then you can take it from there when we're at the restaurant. Okay. All right. Well, before that, it, it was Excel Telecommunications selling long-distance service. Uh, and then Lyndon Wood was the guy that was making a half a million, and I was in his downline. And uh, the Excel tele, uh, Telecommunications terminated okay. Lyndon. And so Lyndon went off and started World Connect. And yes, long-distance, but also pagers and cell phones and stuff. So we're in the restaurant, and uh, I, there's probably about 15 people in the room, something like that. Yeah. And uh, – I announced to everybody that I'm moving to Seattle. Okay? And then, Stephanie, this is where you chime in. And Stephanie said, what the hell are you talking about? You get me enrolled in this Mickey Mouse deal and you're going to leave me here? (laughs) (laughs) So my my truck was half-packed. I was getting ready to leave, and then she invites me over for what later was called martini therapy. (laughs) That's a new one. At her place. And And, uh, uh, and basically, I unpacked the truck. Yep. And moved in. (laughs) Nice. Wow. Okay. And he, and he, and he, and he, talk about a pivot, right? He said to me, what would you like to create? Oh, my God. What a line. I mean, you know, it's like it it did to me what Renee Zellweger had in um, whatever that movie was with, with Tom Cruise. And she said. Jerry Maguire. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. And she says, you had me at hello. Well, John had me at what do you want to create? Mm. <laughs> wow, John. It wasn't a line. I was curious. I, I mean, it was know. just like, you know. But see, that's what made it so fast. So we're still we're still asking that question, we actually. We are. We are. Yeah. And that question will never be answered. No, not totally. it's always no, one more not. thing. That's not the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there's always Which one is more what thing. I love about it. Yeah. Really. So so did that answer your question? Kim? It did answer my question. Thank you. Yes. So let's move forward then. We've got through your past here and what you're doing currently, but what is your future hold? Because I'm assuming you're both old enough to retire should you wish to. You've reached the magical age, possibly, of 65? Yes. Yes. Okay. So yeah, what yeah. does the future hold? Are you both planning to hang up your hats in terms of a therapist and a podcast producer or do you go forward doing well, those it, those particular lines of work the first part is talking about how do we get together again like when is covid over with and if we get back together where do we live so we've been looking at that um and this is kind of a an interesting thing. I still live in the house that we shared for 10 years. 
and I own this home. And I said to John, do you, you know, I mean, it's like, it's a done deal. Do you want to move back in and we'll just live in this house again? And he said, no, I really don't want to do that. And after thinking about it, I thought, you know what? I don't either. Because that was then, and I don't want the kind of energy together that we had for the 10 years in the past. I want a whole new slate, a whole new environment, a whole new air to breathe together. And so we're, we're looking at that. We're, you know, we're checking. Yeah, the first thing really is, you know, is to get back together, so... (laughs) So, you know, come down here and visit me and I'll probably come up there and visit you and we'll take it from there. But I think Kim's really asking about, uh, do you want to continue doing um, the work you do with art therapy? And and uh, do you really want to continue podcasting? So, um, you know, I have some, vis- you know, I, I, I'm not interested in <laughs> retiring. I'm not interested in retiring and doing those things that people kind of sign up for in terms of, of, you know, what they want to do with the rest of their life. Um, I really love people. I love podcasting. So, you know, the idea is to build the company in the next five years and uh, maybe 10 years, but five years for sure. And then uh, hand it off preferably to the employees, quite frankly. And, uh, you know, because I love the conversation, I love the people, and I can't imagine not podcasting or at least being involved in some certain way. So for Stephanie, I mean, she has not been able to actually do what she really loves, which is sand tray, which you should talk a little bit about. Yeah, I'd like to know more about that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we all would. And, um, you know, and I haven't experienced it. Um, You know, she also does soul collage, and it's hard for me to imagine you're just going to stop doing that. In (laughs) fact, you've been able recently to be able to spend some time with some clients doing um, sand tray. And after, you know, when we talk at night, it's just like, you know, after that experience, it's like, you're back, you're a lot more present, <laughs> mm. right? So this is how I want to be with her. It's like, I want to be present with you. And and uh, so, yeah, what what is this thing called Santre? I mean, what, what, what are you getting out of it, you know? Well, um, actually, it was developed um, – by a woman named Dora Kolf. She worked with Carl Jung. And she uh, created a way for children to use miniature figures to create a world. And she realized how important that was to a child's psyche. You know, when we're kids... We all love water play, bathtub time. We love the sandbox. There is something very primal about that. And sand tray is uh, an actual tray filled with sand. I have an extensive collection of miniatures and figures, action figures, houses, trees, boats, anything you could imagine. Um, and a client actually selects their miniatures and sets up basically what is a diorama in the tray. And um, Dora Kolf's 
practice was called sand play. It's very Jungian. It's nonverbal. The client comes in, they build their tray, and they leave. There is kind of an offshoot of sand play that is called sand tray. It's very confusing to some people. Um, Sand tray is what I practice primarily because in sand tray, we have dialogue about what's going on. We can talk about um, metaphor and symbology and um, have a conversation about what is happening for the client. It is a way to open a door to deep unconscious material. It's almost like building a dream in three dimensions right in front of you, where you can actually move the pieces around and handle them and be an experiential part of that dream. And Carl Jung always said, the language of the psyche is our dreams, and that language is imagery. It is not about words, but it's about an experience. And that's what Santre actually gives a client. Um, it is very powerful work. Um, I've had over 150 hours of training. There are a lot of people that, um, oh, I want to collect little figures and stick them in the sand and we're going to do it. And it is, um, it is such a dynamic, uh, modality for the psyche that, uh, practitioners that have not been trained, uh, are at risk of opening up doors, like opening up the closet to let all the skeletons out, perhaps. Um, Mm -hmm. And if they are not trained in how to hold that space or guide the client through whatever is emerging from their psyche, um, it, it can, it can be dicey. I've certainly had personal experiences with clients doing Santre that um, I would never have expected them to have the kind of ahas or meltdowns or um, whatever their experience is. Um, It's... It's so amazing, and it's so magical, and it's so like, oh, I'm just going to stick things in the sand, and what's going to happen? You know, it's um, it's pretty powerful stuff. It sounds really interesting. I'd never heard of it before, before I met you. It sounds really interesting, and I could see how it could be so valuable. I, you know, talking about moving forward with our careers and what do we want to do, um, I have contacted the California Counseling Board to find out what regulations are, what would it take to transfer my licensure from New Mexico to California. And California has, uh, they are primarily uh, licensed marriage and family therapy focus. So to become independently licensed in the state of California, 
I would have to go back to school, do some post, post, postgraduate work, take another whole exam, like how many exams oh do you my. have to take, you know? And so, so I'm looking at that, you know, would I want to do that again? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I would love to, uh, continue providing Santray as a modality for people. And, um, but really to do it professionally and ethically, I need to be licensed as a therapist to do it in the way that it should be performed. So I'm, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm kicking it around. School doesn't, um, you raise a good point. (laughs) Yeah. You raise a good point though, because if you do want to relocate, which some people do during retirement, they don't necessarily think it all through and it can be a very hard road to try and get yourself established and, and make your contacts, make your connections and build your life. But to get new licenses and to go through school, that is quite a commitment. And I mean, mm-hmm. for you to come in there, you'd probably be the head of the class very quickly because it's old hat for you and you'd be mm-hmm. teaching as much as you were just getting your, your certification. But that is, that is an interesting uh, uh, hill that you are looking at. Yeah. Compared and with John, might, who's and, already here, right, right, and and that schooling and and exam, all that may take two to three years. Mm. So I would be very surprised if, with the right information and connection, that you couldn't be grandmothered in. Or I was going to say if, grandfather. <laughs> if not, the question is: Would you enjoy it? That would be the question. Would you be happy doing it? If you could not be grandmothered in or grandfathered in, would you it enjoy yourself? Sure. I, I mean, I've I've always at one, at one point my dad said to me one time. So, how many letters do you have after your name anyway? Because to him, I, I was always quite a in few. school doing more and more and more. It's like I just I love learning, and um, it I never shy away from education so i get it it's uh, it's fun i i love continuing to take classes too and and if that's what i have to do in order to continue providing santre therapy for clients um so be it i mean if the only other alternative is give it up altogether i'm not sure i could (laughs) Okay, so you both have something that you really love, and you Mm -hmm. both want to continue with it. But it's also a little bit about what do we want to create together regarding our purpose is to inspire others through our own authentic, creative, playful, engaging, and curious beauty. (laughs) So I think what's on top, I mean, really, it's, it's difficult to talk about retirement when we first have to get together to fulfill our purpose. And let the let our purpose kind of unfold naturally. We'll make we'll make decisions about uh, how it all unfolds for us as we, mm-hmm. and um, what makes sense. And uh, yeah, so uh, let's get the vaccines done and yeah, get an airline ticket. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really first things first. I mean, people put themselves in the future so far that. You know, it's just, it's really not very useful. So let's just, um, 
you know, it's not like we're goal-driven. We're at a different stage of our lives. So it's a quality of life that I'm most interested in, and a quality of life as a we. Yeah, and there's no rule that says you have to live together right now. You could take your time doing that, and some people never do. They're mm. happily together, but they're living apart, and they have their separate lives. And there's certainly value to that. You have stuff to bring to the conversation when you do get together. Mm-hmm. But if that's not your goal, then and you're not in a hurry, then you can work that out on how you're going to yeah. go forward together in the I, same location. Yeah, I told Steph the other day, once we do physically get back together, I'm looking forward to keeping up with the calls in the morning and the walks <laughs> that we do in the morning. Then I'll call you at uh, 6 o'clock. We'll be in the mm-hmm. t- same time zone. <laughs> so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll call each other and see how the day went. And yeah, why not? <laughs> why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah. Kim's going, really? But, uh, <laughs> well, that may or may not happen, as you said. That's in the future. So regardless, it sounds like your your plan is to stay very connected to one another and to maintain that the, the uh, format that you have created right now because it's very valuable to stay connected as opposed to just passing each other in the hallway in the morning and – Right. You go off to work and you go off to work and you don't stay connected. So your your priority yeah. is to stay really well connected, which is a really solid yeah. way to go forward together in retirement and make sure that mm-hmm. you stay on the same page with each other. Yep. Yeah, I was reminded the other day that, uh, you know, don't expect to wake up in the morning and be in an extraordinary relationship with somebody. It, it's, it's like you wake up. And it's like, where's the coffee, right? Yeah. Or, or the toothbrush. I have to go to the bathroom or <laughs> Uh, you know, there's all those things that are quite ordinary. So it's a matter of planning on and planning on and holding the safe space that we often hold for others, but hold it for ourselves. Yeah, I think I think one of the big takeaways for me, uh, really learning about extraordinary relationship, was dispelling my own myth that an extraordinary relationship has no conflict, no arguments, no difference of opinion. I mean, you know, like what a naive (laughs) focus I had. Like, okay, well, that's ordinary stuff. If I want an extraordinary relationship, there will never be any of that discord. And what I learned is that, of course, there will be discord, because that is human nature, and that is the state of relationship. So just moving into a place of, oh, okay, well, I'm not broken. I'm not mixed up. I'm not with the wrong guy. I'm not any of that stuff just because we have a difference of opinion. It really kind of changed my whole way of processing what does communication really mean and what does it really mean to care for someone and to allow that person to care for me with all of my shortcomings and mistake making and uh, technical challenges. <laughs> Um, which he has a few of yeah, so many <laughs> it, it, it also needs to be it also needs to be said that steph and i are very excited when we physically do get together it's like come on down i'll pick you up we'll head for the wine country 
like we like to explore. We like to go places, and we've traveled before. We've been to Hawaii, and you know we travel really, really well together. We do, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the exploration because I just by myself, it's just not the same. So, yeah. So, you know, it's like uh, I'll say, okay, we're going to take a left, and she'll go, could we go right? Sure, let's go right and see what happens. Oh, there's a junk shop and an antique store. Can we stop? Yeah, there sure. you go. Sure. <laughs> Look, there's a Dairy Queen. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds good right now, too. Yeah. Well, there's a cemetery. Well, sounds like you, you... <laughs> well let's not go there. It'll be coming all that too soon anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Kim. We'll let you have your show here now. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I think it sounds like you two are off to a really good start together, and you haven't actually gotten to retirement yet, so you're you're uh, you're young in the audience that we – not the audience, but with the people I usually talk to on this show. And so what's interesting, though, is you've, you're trying to figure out how to get together. That's your biggest challenge is to get together in the same geographical space, but you – have your relationship worked out really solidly and really committed to making sure each other gets to be the best they can be and gets to be who they want to be going forward, which is really beautiful. And Mm -hmm. you have a sense of adventure. You want to travel together. You have playtime together. You have fun together. You both like people. And it seems like you're going to have a really nice retirement together when that happens for you. So um, I, I do want to thank you. For that, if you have any tips you'd like to share before we close out, that'd be great. But I do want to thank you for your time together because I think it's very inspiring. I have one tip. Yes, sir. Don't forget the sex. <laughs> Tom, you're going to get me kicked off my Apple podcast here. No, they won't jerk it for that word. <laughs> I'm sure you re- researched that, so thank you. No, I think that's important for for couples to stay connected that way. Definitely. Yes. Yes. One of the things that uh, John and I shared when we got back together was, um, uh, what's his name, Chapman's Five Love Languages, which was really, really very um, informative. And we didn't know this 20 years ago when we had our first 10 years together. Um, and it is certainly something that we have both discovered doing our own personal work and coming into a higher consciousness of love and wanting to create that. Um, but I would highly recommend that couples that really want to fertilize their relationship so that those flowers can bloom, um, I really highly recommend that they read the five love languages. And what is so great about that is when I know what fills John's love tank, I automatically want to do that every day. And when I know what fills my love tank, and he knows it, I feel like a very happy woman. <laughs> yeah, honey, let, let me read something to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's her tank right I there. See. Let's fill up your tank. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. I, um, 
So, so a love language, I mean, we do so many things for each other, but there are certain things that are, oh, great, that's nice, honey, thanks so much. But then there are other things, when we experience them, we feel seen and heard and validated and loved. And that is the place where John and I want to be all the time. That's great. That's great. You have your goals and you're really working so hard to be together as opposed to taking it for granted that you'll be together moving forward in your retirement. And that's wonderful. Well, we did that. We did that part. Didn't work out very well. So now we're back for round two. (laughs) You guys, you guys are going strong. It's great. So I'll share your links for your your business links on the show notes, as well as the other ones that you brought up, including that one that you just mentioned, the five love languages, because somebody who's listening might want to look those up. So we'll have those here for people mm-hmm. so it's they can great. find them. That's great. Thanks. Okay. Kim, thank you very much for having us. Oh, it really was a pleasure. It. Thank you very much. You're very inspiring. And I think that uh, the listeners are going to enjoy this. So I really thank you for your time. I know you're both busy people and thank you for, working around my schedule, too, so that we could come together and talk about all this. Absolutely. So I'd like to thank John Beethan and Stephanie Murphy for being on Pivot and Thrive today. And thank you for listening, if you've been listening to us through this whole podcast. It's a bit of a long one, but I think there were a lot of interesting things in there. So thank you for staying with it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pivot and Thrive. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you know anybody who you think would be a great subject for this podcast, please have them contact me. They can go to my website, retirementpurposecoach.com. And at the bottom of that front page, there is a contact section and they can just reach me right there. I'd love to hear from them. I am a certified retirement coach. So if you need any help from me with your retirement so that you have your own success story, you can contact me there as well. I'd like to thank Bokuwa and Wizzy2K for the use of their song, Will You Stay With Me? I have the link to that song in the show notes. Have an excellent rest of your day, whatever it is that you're doing. I hope it's purposeful. You'll enjoy your life so much better if that's your focus. Bye for now. Because of you. Because of you.